If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took this in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us. I hope you guys are having a great week so far. This is the Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. I'm Matt Vizana, as always, my brother, Noel. Noel, how are things? Noel? Noel, you there? Uh, He's having... Oh, shit. Uh, Noel's not here today. He's a little under the weather today. So um, no, no, no. It's it's not COVID or anything. It's it's just full blown AIDS. So no one needs to be alarmed. Okay. Uh, we <laughs> I thought about doing a best of episode or something, but fuck it. Let's just give it a shot, shall we? If you hate the show like this, I get it. I'd probably hate it too. But Noel will be back Friday, and so you got me. So hopefully this doesn't suck. So here we go. As always, we have an Instagram page, Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast, and on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod. We also have a Facebook group, so search groups and type in our name, Beltway Sports Bros. Also, please check out EmpireMedia.com for all of Empire's podcasts. One last thing, please subscribe or follow, depending on what a podcast app you use. It's 100% free. All subscribing does is download the newest episode automatically, so you don't have to search for it. All right, let me start off with this. And because Noel's not here, and I'm doing it solo, I can actually talk about this. So some huge freaking news. The XFL is back on again. XFL 3.0, I guess it would be. Not sure. But on Monday, The Rock, a.k.a. Dwayne Johnson. Everybody knows my affinity for wrestling, so this was pretty exciting. And ex-wife, Danny Garcia, that confusing relationship that they have. And Redbird Capital Partners purchased the XFL for $15 million. I kind of wanted to put that number in perspective for you. The prior owner, Vincent Kennedy McMahon... He invested nearly $200 million in the league. Rock got it for $15 million. Not a bad investment, I got to tell you. Also, according to reports, they are planning on bringing back the league in, in the spring of 2021, possibly in a bubble with eight teams playing and practicing in one location. I know prior to that, they were planning on bringing the league back in 2022. But hey, the Rock says, let's do it. So... The thing that's exciting for me is that the league really had a chance and was getting people really excited. You know, the DC Defenders crowd was awesome. They had the beer snake and all that stuff. The good news is for the players that that are on the NFL bubble, they still have a location other than the CFL to go to. So they should appreciate that. And, you know, the league averaged 1.9 million television viewers per game. That's not bad, right? I mean, that exceeded baseball and basketball. Uh, generated nearly $20 million in gross revenue in 2020. So that's according to the court filings. So it's got to be true, right? 
and it had projected if the league went the entire way, the whole 10 game season to gross $46 million in revenue. Um, So they were exceeding all internal expectations. You know, they had huge markets as well. St. Louis, who lost the Rams, obviously was a huge market. I mean, before the COVID thing happened, before they had to cancel the season, they sold 36,000 tickets at the Dome there in St. Louis. I mean, hey, look, I'm excited. I'm glad I can talk about it. One positive of Noel not being here is that I can talk the XFL. And, you know, I think that it's something to do in the spring. It's fun. It's all of the games were nationally televised. It looked like Fox is back on it. Fox even retweeted to The Rock, you know, welcome back and all this stuff. I don't know if ESPN will be involved, but you would think The Rock's got some pretty amazing uh, hookups with these major markets. And, you know, I know he has a show on NBC. And so I think they'll be just fine. All accounts, it looks like they're going to do exactly what they what Vince started, which is really exciting because I think that they could make some tweaks like, you know, like move the Tampa team to Orlando, for instance, or move the Los Angeles team to San Diego. The reason they didn't have that, they didn't start there was because of the, what was it called? The uh, American Football Whatever League they were in those locations before. So they couldn't use them, but they are much better markets. And, you know, other tweaks like in New York, in their, in that cavernous MetLife Stadium, put it in a soccer field, a soccer stadium, just like how the DC United is. Those tweaks would go a long way and to make the product look better on TV and just a better and more enjoyable situation when you're at the game. Well, you know, whenever that happens, God only knows. I just hope that they don't tweak the rules. I love the rules. I think that they're phenomenal. I think that the NFL could learn a lot from them, from the kickoff rule to everything else that they've been doing. It just really seemed to work. I really enjoyed that. And I thought that it came off really well on TV. I love the fact that they were showing the backgrounds of the replays, for instance. I mean, that was really, really cool. The kind of going inside what these officials are thinking. And I love the fact they only had one guy up there or woman making those decisions. And the refs on the field, they had nothing to do with it. And that's how it should be. It should always filter through one person because then you don't have these, you know, three, four, five minute long sessions that you're dealing with over there. And it's just, it's painful to watch in the NFL sometimes. So their goal in the XFL was basically to make it do not exceed 60 seconds. And they really did a good job with that. I also like the fact that they didn't huddle up and the majority of the players had microphones in their helmets, which was awesome. And that made it so they didn't have to huddle up and they had a much shorter uh, play clock. So there wasn't a lot of standing around. It was boom, 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 go. And that's what was really cool about it. And, you know, you can't have everything the same, of course, but I think the the NFL could learn a lot from that. And just like the NFL did in the first XFL, they got the X cam. Uh, they did a lot more things with cameras on the field. It was very innovative. Uh, people make fun of it, but I swear to God, the first XFL would have worked if it was actually on ESPN. The reason the XFL 2.0 was working, because the Monopoly ESPN had a contract with them. And of course, they're going to make them look as good as they can. Unlike the first go round, I mean, they were. I remember the Sports Center anchors were just trashing it and making a total joke of the XFL. But I actually enjoyed the games, and I was really happy when it came back. And I think with The Rock, you know, taking the lead on this, the, the league's in perfect hands. The guy used to play football. He's he's one of the most known celebrities on the planet, if not the at this point. I still don't understand how this he is because he makes some of the worst movies ever put out. But hey, whatever, you know, it is what it is. So you know, even as a wrestling fan. I can't go blind to the fact that his movies are friggin' horrible. But regardless, they've got a winning setup here. And I really think that this thing can work. And it was showing that it was working. Uh, They just got to, like I said, just get into some better markets. Tampa's one of the worst markets there is. Trust me, I went to USF, University of South Florida down there. And you watch the USF game and there's, I don't know, 
10,000 people in a 65,000 person stadium, it's a complete joke. And, you know, we've been good for a while. So I'm just saying that, like, do yourself a favor and go to better markets. San Diego is a phenomenal market. They lost the Chargers. Now they're hungry for football. St. Louis was that perfect example that I talked about. If any city is showing that they deserve an NFL team, the way that they were packing the house with the XFL, I don't know what else to say. So I just hope they don't change a lot. I think what they were doing was working. Keep those rule changes. I did not see one negative review from anybody about those rule changes. And I think that it kind of set them apart, but it's, it was still football. It wasn't some gimmicky shit like the AFL, like the Arena League. You know, I couldn't even watch that shit because it was like the field was cut in half. They had the net that you kicked off of or some shit. I don't even know. You know, that kickoff thing was really weird when I first saw it, when everybody was standing still, but it makes so much sense because it actually makes the kickoff a feasible play now. Unlike in the NFL, the kickoff is the kickoff. And it's nine times out of 10, if not more, it's going to go in the back of the end zone. So it made it exciting. Uh, I remember St. Louis returned a kickoff for a, for a touchdown in one of those games, and it was friggin' awesome. And so that kind of stuff was innovative, and they had the right people in place. They actually had real people that knew the game. And they took two years to put this shit together. And then Vince McMahon, in his infinite wisdom, as he always tends to do, is give up on something. But this is something that didn't need to be given up on. I think that he looked at COVID as a way out. But at the same time, shit, like he had something here. And, you know, he gave up on a lot of people with a lot of jobs that changed their lives again. And I know the first go around, it was more NBC's fault. He wanted to keep it going. But this time, I mean, Jesus, walked away with his tail between his legs and continues fucking up wrestling as we see on a weekly basis. But anyway, so there's the XFL talk. There you go. And hope you enjoyed it. All right, moving on to the Washington football team. So you may have heard, this isn't really huge news, but Washington signed Dontrell Inman to a one-year deal on Tuesday. Inman played seven games with the Colts last year and, you know, and lit it up for 12 receptions for 181 yards. You know, I guess Inman's a pretty big wideout at 6'3", so that's something, I guess. Uh, You know, awesome, whatever. I don't know where this guy's going to fit in. Honestly, he's a body, camp body in reality. They needed one because Kelvin Harmon tore his ACL and Cody Latimer's in jail or something, whatever he's doing. But this team needs some help at wideout. I think that's well documented. There's got to be a receiver on a cash-strapped team looking to unload. How about somebody like, I don't know, Deshaun Jackson? Just looking around, like last episode, we were talking to Joel Corey, and he pointed out that the Eagles are going to be way over the cap for next year, and they have no money to carry over. From all accounts, it's going to the cap for next year for 2021 is going to be 175 million. So that's the bottom. Of course, it could be a little bit more, but probably not because of COVID. Now, we're talking about a team that if they don't drop some cap, they're going to be in big trouble. So, you know, as we know, Washington's got plenty of cap space, $60 million, give or take. Now you can carry that over to next year. Jackson's due $8.6 million this year and $10.9 million in 2021. He's not worth the money. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely not worth the money. But we do know when he's healthy, what he can do. We've seen it, right? And the Eagles will probably take nothing to get out from under his contract. Uh, they may give us picks just to take his, what is anti-Semitic ass away. So, Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 
too soon? I don't know. But it's happened before. You know, example, when uh, uh, when Brock Osweiler was traded from the Texans to the Browns, they received a second pick just to get away from his shitty contract. So I can definitely see something like that happening. Obviously, it's a division rival. Things get a little dicier there. But hey, they traded McNabb to us. So, you know, if I were to bet, nothing's going to happen. And we're going to roll with what we've got because, you know, that's that's what we do. But moving on to a former Washington tight end, Jordan Reed, he signed an incentive-laden one-year deal with the 49ers yesterday. Man, I'm, I'm really, really happy for Jordan, but personally, I'm just concerned about his health. The guy has seven documented concussions. Seven. Okay, that's that's documented. How many went undocumented? I, I'm sure he doesn't even know well, you know, because he was concussed, right? How the fuck would he? But sometimes you got to just say enough is enough. He's made some okay money throughout his career. He had a pretty big contract, you know, but of course... He still wants to play. I don't get it. I mean, I, I understand he's a competitive guy and all that, but Jesus, when does it end? You know, when does it end? When do you start thinking about other things? And But of course, uh, our favorite guy, that scumbag Trent Williams, said he's thrilled that Reed was signed. You know, way to look out for your boy Trent. Maybe next time he'll fucking die on the field or something next time he gets a concussion. Such a good friend to push him to get signed for the vet minimum and no guaranteed money. They, you know, that should go really well with a guy with his history, but whatever. What do I know? <laughs> Actually, you know what? Thinking about it as, as fans of Washington, as we know, we know, we all know how this is going to end up, right? What do you think? Comeback player of the year, uh, pro bowler, all pro, Kittle gets hurt or something and, and Reed takes over and goes Jordan Reed of 2016 or whatever last time he was dominant. So whatever. I know that's what's going to happen. Uh, scratch everything I just said. Fuck it. All right, so staying with the old burgundy and gold, uh, Washington linebacker Josh Harvey Clemens opted out and is considered high risk because him and his son both have asthma. This is kind of an interesting thing Noel and I were talking about in the last episode that who makes these decisions based off of who's high risk and who isn't? Thank God it's not Jack Del Rio, I guess, but... You know, a similar story with that, defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio was interviewed yesterday and told the Athletics' Ben Standick, hey, who coincidentally will be a guest on the show on Friday, exciting there, but regarding players opting out, he said, quote, I have personal views that would probably not sit well with my professional occupation. I'll just leave it at that, end quote. Well, you know, obviously, Del Rio is a pretty opinionated guy, and that's fine. I mean, we all are, right? And honestly, I've always kind of taken him for an asshole, so this just reaffirms my thoughts. But this guy is saying some ridiculous shit. Comparing COVID-19 to driving a car, for instance, uh, if you're scared, why even drive a car? You know the risks. Give me a fucking break. The fact is, we've talked about this before, the NFL has done a horrific job protecting their players. Even though the guy's an idiot, but you know he makes a good point. Odell Beckham Jr. was outspoken about the missteps the NFL has taken. Uh, one of the few times I'll actually agree with the guy. Of course, he backtracked after he saw how careful they are with everything. But the fact of the matter is, they're not in a bubble. And we know how this is going to go. Oh, everybody but JP, of course, and then writes a bubble story about how the DMV can be set up as a perfect bubble situation, even though he thinks that all of the players in the league are, you know, stand up guys and will never do each other wrong. But regardless, I digress. You know, like, for instance, when the Saints yesterday or two days ago, I should say, they've taken it upon themselves to buy up an apartment building for 140 plus people and pay for the rent to essentially create their own bubble. I mean, really, you know you have issues at that point, right? So Del Rio is 100% wrong in this. Basically, he's saying that you're a pussy if you opt out. He doesn't have to say it, but that's what he's saying. He's going to make a lot of enemies in this locker room if he's not careful. And I just want a coach who wants to actually coach. And if he's going to run his mouth, 
there's going to be a revolt, especially right now. This COVID shit's made people absolutely crazy. I mean, look around, look at your neighborhood. Jesus, it's made people nuts. And just coach some damn football, asshole. You know, keep your flat earth bullshit to yourself. I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of guys feel that they need to be opinionated for no fucking reason. Like, just be a coach. You're a good coach. You've proven that you're a good coach. Why do you have to rock the boat? Why do you have to do these things to create enemies for absolutely no reason? I just don't get it. So do us all a favor and just shut your mouth. Hey, know your role and shut your mouth. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Make sure you tune in on Friday. We're going to have Ben Standig from The Athletic talking some training camp, another installment of Top 5 Friday. We haven't figured out what it is yet, but we will. I promise. And it'll be good. Oh, and I almost forgot. It's my father's 67th birthday today. Also, Noel's father as well, of course. Happy birthday, Pop. Wish we could be there with you. But of course, we will see you as soon as we can. And I hope it's a good one. Really do. And we'll call you soon. As always, we are on all major podcast platforms, and please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook group. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great Wednesday.